How's everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Come on, give a huge shout out to everybody watching online right now. Come on, big one, let them hear you. So glad that you're here this morning. So glad you're watching online. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray. We're going to jump right in for the next couple of minutes. Father, we pray that, God, you would help us. Father, hear your words. God, we don't need to hear anybody else's words but yours. And so, God, we're believing this morning, God, to hear from you and, God, to hear your words that actually give us life. Father, I'm praying this morning that, God, each and every one of us in the room and online, God, would receive the life that comes from your words and your spirit. God, that we would feel something on the inside of us. God, that is you and that is you breathing on us. God, I pray that would fill this room and fill every place online. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, come on, everybody said, amen. Amen. I, I'm so glad to be here this morning. I'm so glad that we're talking about uh, connecting and you're, you know, I, I know Carissa, uh, she mentioned it and, and both uh, Pastor Randall and Pastor Carissa were talking about it. But if you see people walking around in hunting hats, know that this is, uh, this is Connect Group Sunday and you can spot them real quick and uh, want to make it real easy for each and every uh, person in our church uh, that you guys can't connect. If you're watching online, you're like, I'd love to get connected into a group. There are people that will drop uh, th that will drop a, a link that you can click, and there, there's connection for you as well. We'll make sure that you can get a group that's just right for you. So I want to make sure for every single one of us that it's just not a church we attend, but this is a family we belong to, and you have people around and surrounding you. And so uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, for the next couple of minutes. I grew up on uh, a farm, and so uh, and and so my parents were farmers for a while before they became pastors. And so, but we always, uh, my whole family was around farming. And so one of the things that you learn uh, in farming is that you have to do things yourselves. And so because uh, you just were, you had a lot of stuff that was going on in the farm. So the, you, plumbing, you did plumbing by yourself, or you figured out how to do it. And it wasn't maybe the right way, but you just figured out how it would work. So it would be plumbing or uh, carpentry or electrical. And so as I grew up, um, I, you know, I've done some electrical things, uh, and, and I'm sure they weren't right, but I've done a couple of little things with like hanging lights and different things, you know, real small things. And I remember one time I was talking to my dad and I had hung this light and I, I could not figure out uh, why it wasn't turning on. And, and I I'd called my dad, I was like, I don't know. I, I mean, I put everything together the way I said, I'm probably gonna have to call out an electrician to make sure that everything's right, because this is way beyond me. And he said, why don't you take the light down again and check the connection? And so I did that, and I said, and, but I was telling that I got this together. I, I got it together. And then when I took it down, I saw one of the wires loose that was not connected with the other wire. And I, I remember this story so vividly because I was thinking about our church, and I was thinking um, about our society as a whole, and realizing that even though things can look good and connected on the outside, that sometimes when you really get under the hood, you can see, oh, the connection was bad. It's, it, it's my connection that wasn't 
that wasn't right. And I was thinking, this, this just, it just seems like it looks like our, 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 our culture right now, that everything like is put up and it looks like the light should turn on and it looks like everything, but for some reason it's not working. And there's, because there's a connection that is missing. And, and, and the reason that a lot of times we miss this connection is because we don't understand or fully grasp that we were created to be together as a people. And, 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 and as much as we would love to say, I've got people, I got friends, I'm kidding. No one really, there's not a lot of people that will walk into a, a place and say, I got no friends. Right? Because yeah. everybody has a little more uh, self-awareness in that. And they're like, oh, I got people, I got people, I got people. But really, when you get down to it, you don't really feel like you've got your people that are surrounding you and connecting you if you really are being honest with people and being honest with yourselves. God created us, come on, God created us to be interdependent, to be interconnected. To, God created us to be interconnected. Everything that God made for us was, was meant for us to be connected. And now, you remember, if, you, if you've ever read Genesis, uh, you, you start Genesis chapter 1, it starts going through all the things that God made. Uh, fish, water, air, light, you know, you know all, and after everything he made, what did he say? It is good. God made this and it is good. Right? And so he does, the first chapter is all the days, even the days that he created uh, male and, and female. But chapter 2 actually goes back into the specifics of God making Adam and Eve. And so if you get into chapter 2, you start realizing that God was like, oh, this is good, the water's good, the air's good, the sun's good. And then he looks at Adam and he says, it's not good. This is the first time. He says, good, 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 good. And then he looks at Adam and goes, not good. Why? It's not good for you to be alone. So all of a sudden, now God's saying, this isn't good. Everything was good right now, but now this isn't good. And so then he creates, uh, he creates Eve, and this is what he says after he creates Eve. And, put, and this is not just uh, marriage, and this is just not male and female coming together. This is, this is actually bigger than this. This is understanding that we as human beings were created to be with other human beings. This is how God set it up. When God created Eve, what did he say? He didn't say, now, oh, good, it's good. He didn't say that either said it's very good. Read, read it. You'll, you'll see. It's, it wasn't just good now. Now it's very good. Because there's connection here. It, because before it was, it was not good, but, but now it's very good. And we might be the most disconnected, connected people on the planet. The reason I say that is because we have pseudo-connection. We feel like because we get social media information about people, we're connected to them. But just because you know something about them doesn't mean you know them. But, so you, but you think for 10 minutes of scrolling, you've, you've got your connection feel. I'm just telling you, it's a pseudo-connection. And, and that could be even for text messages or, or sending an email or even a phone call. I'm telling you, some of those things, they, they might feel like you're being connected, but you're missing this bigger picture of really being able to be connected. Let me tell you how I know that. Because there's a difference between sending a text to somebody and FaceTiming them. 
right? You, come on. You know, can you think about your FaceTime friends? Those are different levels of people in your life. Right? Some, uh, let's just say, uh, pick a random person in your phone right now. And they started FaceTiming you. You'd be like, what the heck? Weirdo. Right? Because FaceTime is only given to a, a few people. That you will, when they start FaceTiming you, you say, accept. And you let them see your double chins as you're shopping through Walmart, you know. And you're just like, what's up, girl? What's up? Yeah, yeah, I got you. And, you know, and they get in the worst angles and all that because you don't care. Because there's something there that says, man, you don't need to see me in my perfectness. You don't need to see me. And there's a, there's a connection there. And I'm telling you, we're missing this with most people in our lives. And honestly, a lot of us, you don't even know, you, you're having a hard time even thinking about people you could FaceTime when I'm talking about this. Let me, let me read this. This, um, this was, uh, this was called the Cigna Loneliness Index. And they did this a huge, one of the biggest of its kind back in 2018. This is before the pandemic. Before you started hearing about people being lonely and mental illness all the time or people feeling isolated and alone more and more and more since the pandemic. This was before it. Listen to this. Nearly half people report sometimes or always feeling alone or left out. 46% of Americans feel alone or left out. Can I tell you, they did this same thing the next year. So this 2019 jumped to 61%. Imagine what it feels like now. 61%. Listen, listen to these other ones. One in four Americans rarely or never feel as though they are people who, there are people who really understand them. Two out of five Americans sometimes or always feel that their relationships are not meaningful and that they are isolated from others. One in five Americans report that they rarely or never feel close to people at all or feel like there are people that they can talk to. And over half Americans feel like they have meaningful in-person social interactions such as having an extended conversation with a friend or spending quality time with family on a daily basis. Only half. Can, can I tell you right now, we're, we're living in something even worse than that. And what's happening is we're living in a, we're living in a scary movie. I've talked about this before. One of the things that's in every scary movie is this. People get grouped together. Something bad happens, usually out in the woods. And then some really smart person says, hey, I'm going to go out by myself and get firewood, okay? I'll be back. Everybody in the movie theater is like, no, you won't. 
No, you won't. They start walking out there and the camera, I mean, the movie producers, they know what they're doing. They get the camera real up on the person's face so you can't see around corners or anything like that. And you're just watching them going like this, walking through. <laughs> and you're like, you're going to get killed, idiot. You're going to go down. And there's something in your soul that is just, the moment the person walks out alone, you're like, oh, this isn't good. Why? There's something down deep in every one of our souls that when somebody gets alone, you think trouble's coming. That's what happens. And we're getting picked off one by one by one, wondering what's going on. And it might be because we're not connected as we thought we were. And we're walking out and we're, we're, we're getting hit with all of this stuff. I'm telling you, I've said this before. And this is really important for all of us to hear. That privacy plus time will equal destruction. Privacy plus time equals destruction. Well, I'm just a private person. That's okay. You don't need to be out with your laundry. Listen, some of y'all, you, you will post everything. That's good. That's awesome. That, go do you. That's fine. You want to be out, but some of you, you're, you, you are a closed book. You're like you're going to take some time with me. I understand that, but you better have some people in your life that you open up with and that you connect with because privacy plus time equals destruction. There is a reason why the enemy wants to get you alone. There's a reason why the enemy wants to, come on, I got to tell you, you got to hear that. There's a reason why the enemy fights for you to be even in church. Why do you think things happen on Saturday night and Sunday morning all the time? Just rolling the dice and they're like, ah, no, enemy's not stupid. He's just trying, let's get him sick. Let's get him this. Let's put him on this. Let's do this thing. Let's try, let's, let's make it real hard for them to be around people. Because if I can get them alone, then I can hurt them. If I can get them alone, then I can really go to town on them. If I can get them alone, that's when I can start letting them believe lies that aren't true. If I can get them alone, I can start getting them bitter. If I can get them alone, I can start getting them thoughts inside of themselves that wouldn't think if they were around healthy people. If I can get them alone, that's when I can really work on their soul. I'm telling you, we got to get around people because God knows and has created us to live in community. But, but so many times we, 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 we think we're connected when we're not. So, so let, me, let me just tell you what would happen and what can happen. In, in our church context, when you get into a healthy emphasis on healthy, healthy connect group. I, I, I want to go through, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. Because these, I want you to, and I want, I'm, I'm telling myself, I want to be reminded what happens when I get into a healthy relationship with other people. No, number one. When you get in a healthy relationship with other people, you get stronger. You get stronger. Thank you, Siri. I appreciate that. Siri just went off in the front row, and I, I love her. She's nice. She said amen. Uh, okay. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 
Verse 12. You get stronger. Everybody remember this? You get strong. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Awesome. Right? That's great. Some of you have been fighting fights alone too long. You've been fighting your depression alone. You've been fighting your anxiety and worry alone. You've been fighting lust alone. You've been fighting addiction alone. You've been fighting perfectionism alone. You've been fighting all of these things alone. alone. You're out there alone. And I'm telling you, when you get a healthy group around you and people that got your back and people that are around, that's why it's easier and better when you're in a healthy group to fight the fights that you're fighting because you're stronger. You're, you're, you're stronger. Some of you are, are running out, and I love that you're fighting, but you're fighting in, in a position of weakness instead of in a position of strength because you're by yourself. Um, I, uh, yesterday there was a heavyweight fight um, on pay-per-view, and um, I'm not rich like y'all, so I just read up on it afterward um, after the fight was all over. And, and I was reading, um, and, and they were showing some stills of the, of the fight. And, um, you know, boxing, you know, got one guy in one corner, one in the other. They go three minutes, boom, boom, you know, and then go back to their corner. And then you get the guys in the corner, right? They got rubbing their mat, making sure they're not cut, giving them water. You can do it. You know, you come, come on. You, just, you get in there and you pop, pop. He's about to fall, you know, giving you all that encouragement and all that. And then what do they do? Get out there. You know, and then they start fighting. And, 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 and listen, we look at that and we're like, yeah, that's what you get. That, that's what happens when you get a real good connect group in your life. You're fighting and, and so they, they send you, can I just tell you, I don't even think that's what happens when you get a real good connect group in your life. You don't get somebody in your corner. You get somebody who actually goes out there and fights with you. You get somebody that actually, how would it, I mean, imagine if you're watching a fight and the dude goes out there round five and then the guys in his corner come out and like, come on, man. And they like just gang beat the guy, boom, boom, boom. And you're like, what just happened? Well, we're stronger when we're together. That's what happens when you get a good connect group in your life. Please don't, I'm not insane violent, okay. <laughs> Let's go beat up something. No, no, no. <laughs> Missed the point. There are fights that you're fighting alone that you shouldn't. And there are fights that you could win if you were connected with the right people. And that's why Ecclesiastes said you're stronger. You're stronger, you're stronger, you're stronger. When you're alone, you can get beat. But when you're together, you get stronger. Some of you, this is your moment to get connected. This is your moment to get some real. I'm not talking about just knowing people's names. I'm not talking about just being able to give somebody a high five on Sunday morning. I'm talking about getting some real, real connection in your life. And feel like I got lifelong friends. I got lifers. I got people that are with me. I got people that are not going to just be in my corner. But they're going to fight with me. When I'm fighting, they're going to fight alongside me this is what makes you stronger so and so not only you get stronger but you get better proverbs 27 verse 17 says this proverbs 27 verse 17 says as iron sharpens iron 
So a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. What, what does this mean? That the right people in your life make you better. Right? The right people in your life make you better. They, they, they start sharpening you. Can I, can, uh, but in our life, a lot of us don't realize what these relationships or how these relationships should be. So I, I've, I've got this hatchet. And I was thinking some of us have the wrong people in our life. If we look at our lives like this hatchet and we're supposed to be sharp and the sharpness indicates that we're able to be who God's called us to be, right? And so we can do the job that we're supposed to be and supposed to do. Some of us have people in our life that are not sharpening people. They're barrier people. And what barrier people do is they take away your uniqueness and they take away your sharpness. And so every time you try to do something, they tell you, no, it's not going to work. Nope, nope, not, not you, not you. No, you shouldn't do it that way. No, you're never going to make it. No, that's too, much of an, uh, uh, that's too much of a big dream. That's too audacious. Why are you trying to do things like that? Listen, your life, I, listen, I know that you're trying to do something good right now, but in about six months, you're going to come back to be the person you've always been. And so just, just settle down right now and, and just try and just stay in your lane, be the person that, that we've always seen you to be. They're barrier people. And what they do is they take away your sharpness. They t- and it could be family members, it could be friends that have known you for a long time. It could be people that, are, that have seen you in one light but can't see you in another light. And they are putting a barrier between you and who God has made you to be. I'm telling you, these people aren't sharpening people. They're barrier people. And they will bury your calling in your life if you don't understand, oh, I've got too many of these people in my life. They don't make me better. And so you, you, you got to get rid of them. Now, there, there's other kind of people as well. This is Plato from Watson, so thanks, Watson. Uh, there's these, these people that are, um, yeah, he's got different colors in here because, uh, yeah, he just does it like that. Um, there's other people that are moldy people. It's what moldy people do. They mold around you. And just agree with everything you say. Anything you say, they say, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They never challenge you. They never push you. They just mold around whatever you say. And the problem with these people is a lot of times we seek them out. Because we only want people to agree with us. And we feel like if anybody doesn't agree with us, oh, why are you hating on me? Why, 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 why are you trying? And, and so you only look for people who are like you. You only people look for people who vote like you. You only look for people who believe like you. You only look for people who talk like you. And if they're not like you or if they don't agree with everything you say, you immediately cancel them and move them out. 
and what happens is you get these moldy people around you, stunts your growth, doesn't make you sharp at all, and it just puts a blunt on everything that God wants to do in your life because you've been mold. Now, I'm not, telling, I'm not talking about people, get people around you that rip you to shreds all the time and tell you how terrible you are. And there's a difference between being a yes man and being somebody who's encouraging the call of God in your life. There's a difference. So, so are you looking for people who are making you sharp or are you looking for people who just agree with you? How, how, how are you looking for people uh, to connect with you? Uh, th- that's, that's moldy people. And then, then you get people who, um, who te- they're dull people. Where's, where's that piece of, of what is it somewhere around here? here. Oh, thanks, Rod. Uh, then you get, um, oh, awesome. It's, see, everything's wide up here, so you can't see Jack. Uh, okay, so um, all right, you uh, uh, these these people are dull people. These are the people that we get around that always need you to do stuff for them, and and constantly you're going to help them, but then always they're they're with something else, and you're trying to get sharp yourself, but they're not helping you do that. They just constantly want you to do something for them, constantly want you to. Say that, and in fact, they're not going to grow at all. They expect you to grow for them. And so you constantly are working, but after a while, what happens is you get dull. And what happens, you'll stop being who God called you to be because you just get tired. You're like, I'm sick of this. Why do I need anybody in my life? All they're going to do is take from me. All they're going to do is just drain me. I got enough stuff going on. I'm sick of all of this stuff. I'm tell- Listen, that's not the people that God has called you to be. There are times where you got to get in there and go, okay, hey, let's get that off you. Come on, come on, let's say, come on. Let's, that's, that's not- there are times for that. But then there's also times for you to be sharpened. And you got to have, because God is looking for people to make us better. So when you get in a healthy connect group, it's this. And you leave that connect group and you're like, I'm better than I was last week. I'm not drained. I don't feel like I got people just saying yes to me all the time. I don't feel like I've got people putting a barrier between what God has called me to do and what I'm supposed to do. I got people who are encouraging me. I got people who are, who, I got people, I don't know if I'm doing this right. So if some of you uh, Eagle Scouts are like, oh my God, he's making it worse. I'm sorry. I'm not that person. All right. I'm just using it for example. Uh, but if, if, you, if you've got the right people in your life, what you see right here is this is, okay, I'm being encouraged. I got people who are crying with me when I got to cry. I got people who will listen to me when I got to just need an ear. I don't need anybody just giving me advice. Just hear me for a second. I got people who are encouraging the call of God in my life. I got people who are challenging me. I got people who are just saying, you can do it. Yes, you can. God's made you to be that. And, and pointing out the things that God is in my life. Come on. These are the people we need in our life. And that's what happens when you get into a healthy connect group. You'll know it. Because you're getting sharper. You leave that group and you're like, man, that, that was good. But you just, don't get, you just don't get stronger. You just don't get better. You also get healed. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins to God. Nope. 
Confess your sins to what? Each other. What? No, I, I tell God my, my mess. No. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that what? You may be what? Healed. Healed. See, we get forgiven when we tell our sins to God. We get healed when we tell our sins to each other. Some of you are stopping at forgiveness and not getting healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful adults, er, results. Look at this. A righteous person. Didn't we just talk about everybody's confessing their sins? How can, peace, how can a person be righteous? Well, it, it, you can only be righteous if you understand that your righteousness doesn't come from you being good. It comes from Jesus and you're standing with God. And so you understand the power of your prayer and you also understand the amount of healing that comes when you are able, come on, when you're able to be vulnerable. That's what this is talking about. Confess. And some of you are just like, oh, okay, I was good. I was good with the stronger. I was good with the being better even. Okay, I need some sharpening. Okay, I get I don't like this healing one because this requires that vulnerability and I'm not about to tell somebody something because the last time I did it, I got burned. And history has taught me that if you start really trusting people, that's where you get hurt. But the truth that the Bible says is that when you open up your life to people who are healthy and trustworthy, healing starts happening because of vulnerability. Watson was running outside uh, a couple days ago, and he was running, um, uh, running on cement, and I could just see it already. You know, his, his, his legs were getting way too aggressive for his body. And so he just, you know, started going a little, and, and boom, I mean, down goes Frazier. And I was like, oh, and he was like, ah, oh, you know, so he's crying. I'm like, you're, you're all right, buddy, come on. You know, I'm trying to raise a man here. I'm like, come on. You know? And I was like, come here, man, come on, let me look at you. You know, I was sweet. And, um, and he came over, he's crying. He was like, dad, I got my knee. I was like, I know, man, I know it hurts. It's not going to hurt forever. Come here. And, he, and I said, let me see it. He goes, No. And I said, Watson, I got to see it. I, I know it hurts. And I know you think it's going to be better if you don't let anybody look at it. But that's not the truth. So let me see it. No, Dad. No, no. Come on, let me see it. And so finally I got that up and looked at it. It wasn't anything. He was fine. But just me even looking at it and saying, oh, it's okay. And him looking down at it and saying, oh, okay, it, it, that even helped him. Because you can't heal what you will hide. And some of you have been, let me tell you, I, I, I debated whether to talk about this or not, but um, 
I, I just think this is, this is good. Um, here's where I think some of the trouble happens in church when we talk about even being vulnerable. And specifically for our, uh, our, our, our city and surrounding areas. But I, I, I could say this is, this is a worldwide kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of what is now being called, uh, it's like a cool word to say now, church hurt. And, and, and what happens is in, in, um, people get hurt in church. And so they carry that with them into their next church. Um, can I tell you this happens both ways? So, so pastors and, and, and staff and leaders, you know, that we've been here in church for a while. Guess what? It hurts when some people leave. So what, what, what do we have to work on? Am I going to open myself up again to new people? Well, guess what? There's people coming into the church that their church, for whatever reason, they got hurt at their last church. So they come in with walls up too. So now imagine what is happening at churches all around the world that people are coming in with walls and people in the church that are leading the church, they got walls too. And how do we ever, ever think that anything is going to happen healing-wise if we keep these walls up. Ben, I'm talking to you. The only thing that happens where healing can take place is if when people decide, I'm going to be vulnerable again, I'm going to open up my life again, I'm going to talk about my mess again. I'm not going to hide this because if I hide it, God can't heal it. And so I'm going to open up my life again. And in that moment, healing happens. So now I'm stronger and now I'm better and now I'm healed because of the people and the connection that I have in my life. That's how God has always seen the world. And so I want to I switch what we talked about earlier. Not privacy plus time equals destruction, but time plus vulnerability equals healing. Don't go to a connect group twice and feel like I can't trust those morons. No way. Kidding me that one person said that one thing that triggered me. Oh, that last thing that happened. No, no, no. Vulnerability plus time. 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 Plant yourself in church. Sit down for a bit and let people see you. Even when it gets uncomfortable. You're like, I haven't let anybody see me like this for a long time. Well, good. You're just about to get healed. You're just about to become who God has always seen you to be. Stronger. Better. And healed. So we're, we're, we're going to worship in a moment. Then we're going to have a time where if you don't have a connect group, this is going to be a great time you get connected, but before, I, I want to pray for everybody this morning. If you would, stand to your feet, everybody online as well. I want to pray for you. 
and online especially, some of you feeling so isolated, I just want to let you know, we love you so much. And we are so thankful that you are a part of our church. You are a part of our church. And we care that you are here right now at this moment. Every, every single one of us, let's, let's close our eyes. Um, just you and God at this moment. Come on, just make this a holy moment, you and God. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or, or maybe you did a long time ago, but you're real far away from you, this is your moment right here. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everybody online, maybe that you're like, I, I just got to get my life right. I, I, I'm not... I'm not stronger, I'm not better, I'm not healed, and I just don't even know where to start. And I'm telling you, starting with Jesus, changing your life from the inside out is the number one first step. So I don't know if I'm talking to one of you, I'm talking to 10 of you, to 20 of you, more than that. I don't know how many need this at this moment, but if this is you, I want you to put your hand over your heart right now watching online right now while you put your hand over your heart and church we're going to pray together as a uh, as a church family not that anything special about a prayer or saying words it, it really does matter if you mean these words and so we're all going to pray them together as a reaffirmation of our faith in Jesus and and also understanding we don't want anybody to feel like they're alone we're, we're going to pray together so I want you to pray out loud let everyone hear you come on pray real nice and loud just repeat this prayer after me say dear Jesus I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, all my mistakes, and give me the grace to follow you with all of my heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, come on, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship God together in this moment. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven in this moment and let God fill this space in Jesus.